We're turning this evening to the book of Isaiah and to chapter 45. Isaiah and chapter 45. We'll read from verse 14. Thus saith the Lord, The labor of Egypt and merchandise of Ethiopia and of the Sabaeans, men of stature, shall come over unto thee, and they shall be thine. They shall come after thee. In chains they shall come over, and they shall fall down unto thee. They shall make supplication unto thee, saying, Surely God is in thee, and there is none else, there is no God. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Saviour. They shall be ashamed, and also confounded all of them. They shall go to confusion together, that are makers of idols. But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. Ye shall not be ashamed, nor confounded, world without end. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited, I am the Lord, and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, Seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come, draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nation. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I, the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Saviour. There is none beside me. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself... The word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. Amen. We thank the Lord for this reading of his precious word. Well, I want to take as my text this evening the, 40, uh, the 22nd verse of the 45th chapter of Isaiah. Uh, so verse 22, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else. just want to preach uh, very simply this evening just to take uh, three parts to this first of all the who the who look unto me and all the ends of the earth secondly the what and that is and be ye saved and then thirdly the why uh, for i am god and there is none else so a simple gospel message uh, this evening in these uh, hot times and we trust the lord will bless his word to us so we might begin then with the thought here, the who, look unto me, and all the ends of the earth, the who. 
Well, the Lord says here, look unto me, and he says, for I am God. And we see other things too concerning him. Uh, in verse 9, for instance, we read, Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. And again in verse 12, I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens. So the who to whom we are to look is our maker. It is our creator, the creator of the ends of the earth. And our creator... He knows the way that we take, but it is to him that we answer. He is the judge also of all the earth, and he is the lawgiver. And he has given us a law, and that law is that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our uh, mind, with all our strength, and we should love our neighbor as ourselves. This is how the Lord Jesus Christ uh, put the, uh, the, the hangers upon which the law was to hang. Uh, but we have all come, come short of that of course and we have sought ourselves and right from the beginning it's explained very clearly in the book of genesis uh, and very pictorialist too uh, that I, uh, that adam did not love the lord with all his heart because he did not take uh, what the lord said seriously and he went about to establish for himself what the truth was he didn't trust the lord to be telling the truth uh, he didn't t- trust perhaps uh, the, the serpent to be telling the truth either. Uh, it's not necessarily so that he believed the serpent and what he said, uh, but perhaps he just thought to himself, well, I'd like to establish this for myself. Well, the, the Lord made us as free agents. He made us to be able to uh, make decisions, of course, under his guidance and under his um, his authority. But nevertheless, we are to make decisions and Uh, Adam thought it was a good idea there to make a decision with his wife and it looks as though they were both together even though it was uh, Eve perhaps who was tempted Uh, she seems to have taken Adam uh, also with her as she took of the tree because it says she gave to her husband with her so uh, they seem both to have been there but they, they decided anyway both together that they would make this test and they would try out and see what was the truth and what was not Well, we're still in the same situation today. Scientists still don't believe what God says. Uh, They want to test it for themselves. And so they put everything to the test. They put God to the test uh, to see whether there is a God or not. And they decide that there isn't because they can't find him. Canst thou by searching find out God? Job asks. Well, no, you can't. But that does not mean that there is no God because they haven't proved there isn't a God either. It is by faith that they take this stand. So the who is our creator. The who is the God, uh, the only God. And there can only be one God who is infinite. There can only be one God. We can't have a multiplicity of gods who are infinite and fill all time and space and are the creator. There is but one God. And even though we consider that one God under the three persons of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, there remain one God. The Apostle Paul argues all three, and he argues also uh, that there is but one God only. So he had this uh, comprehension also of who the Lord is. And that comes into this because I think it is very clear uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is involved here. Uh, As we see there in verse 23, um, that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. And we find those verses uh, in the scriptures. Uh, It tells us in Romans 14, 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself 
to God. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10. And there we read that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the who is the creator, the who is uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the who is the saviour, they are one and the same. The Lord says here, I am a a just God and a saviour and there is none beside me. Apart from him, there is no saviour, he says also in Isaiah. So therefore we come to the New Testament and we find that Jesus Christ is the saviour. Uh, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He is the Savior, but God says there is no other, and therefore Jesus must be that God who is speaking here. So the who, look unto me, Jesus is saying, uh, look unto me all the ends of the earth. There's a connection as well, and, and very often there are allusions to that which has gone before, and, uh, and I think that Isaiah is alluding something here. As he writes down the words of God, he has seen something a little more here. And uh, we know that the scripture tells us in John 3 and verse 16, uh, For God so loved the world, and the so is in like manner, not so much, but in, the, in like manner. In like manner to what? as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And what were they to do when Moses lifted up that brazen serpent in the wilderness? I'm taking it for granted that you understand what the serpent in the wilderness was in the day when the fiery serpents bit the people and God said, build a serpent of brass, set it upon a pole in the midst of the camp, and whosoever will look to that brazen serpent, they will be healed. And that is what's taken in John 3, in like manner. So those who are, uh, uh, are already in a, in a state of suffering and near to death were to look. They were to look at the serpent. And if they looked, they would live. And this seems to me to be uh, being picked up just here, where the Lord says, Look unto me, and be ye saved. In the wilderness... Moses said, I put up this brazen serpent in the midst. If you look at it, then you will be healed. God is saying, not a serpent, but me. Look unto me, and I will save you. And the Lord Jesus Christ also says something similar when he says, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. Again, we look unto him who is raised up, who is lifted up. The who is the Lord our creator. The who is the Lord Jesus. And even this word for the word be saved, the word yesha, uh, is so very close because the word Jesus means Jehovah our salvation or the salvation of Jehovah. But it can just simply mean Jehovah our salvation. Therefore the name of Christ is actually Jehovah. And I think that uh, it's, it's always a little bit, uh, you can take it one way or another. In, in so many ways, when Jesus preached, he preached in parables and he explains to the disciples on one occasion. He says to them, because they ask, why do you always preach in parables? And he says, so that those who hear will hear and yet not understand. So that they will hear and yet not believe. Because we believe as the Spirit of God touches our hearts and gives us understanding. And so it is here, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
when God touches the heart, we understand who he is. And that is written in his name, Jesus, Jehovah, our salvation. So again, when we consider who we are to look to here, when the Lord says, look unto me, if you look at verse 21 here, just a, a verse before, of course, uh, it says, tell ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together, who hath declared this from ancient time? Remember in Malachi, it speaks about uh, the Lord, uh, not in Malachi, in, in Micah, it speaks about him whose goings forth have been from everlasting who hath declared this from ancient time, who hath told it from that time, have not I the Lord, and there is no God's God else beside me, a just God and a saviour. We uh, see here these words, a just God and a saviour, just meaning justice, a just God meaning one who does not pardon iniquity, a just God and a saviour. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 24, uh, or verse 26 really, perhaps we'll just take the verse. It says, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that is the righteousness of Christ, that he might be just and the justifier, that is the saviour of him which believeth in Jesus. So Paul is picking up this thought as well. That God is saying that I am a just God, there is justice with me, and yet I am also a saviour. And Paul is saying of Jesus Christ that he is just and yet also a saviour. That he is the judge, but he is also the saviour. Look unto me. So who are we to look to? We are to look to the saviour. We are to look to the judge of all the earth, but him who is able to deliver us. We come secondly then to the what. What What? what are we looking to the Lord for? Uh, and be ye saved, the Lord says. Look unto me, and be ye saved. Well, uh, again, here, this salvation, what is this salvation from? Well, it is because of sin. It speaks particularly here of the graven image. In verse, uh, verse 20, Assemble yourselves, and come, draw near together, ye that are escaped to the nations, that ha they have no knowledge, that set up the wood of their graven image, and pray unto a God that cannot save. Uh, it's very specific here, of course, of a graven image. Uh, it's not just a, uh, um, uh, anything, but a graven image. But what is it that we actually worship in a graven image? Do people actually worship a graven image? Or do they worship... Uh, that uh, um, philosophical attachment to that image, uh, uh, an idea which is attached to that image, some God which is represented by that image. And of course we find that the world worships many things. It, it worships mammon, money. It, it worships fame and fortune. Uh, it follows many people and particularly it's illustrated in this day and age isn't it where we have uh, that uh, thought of influencers and people having uh, uh, so many followers and uh, to see how many people uh, that they can get to follow them and so all of these things are very much illustrated in our day and age uh, what are we to be saved from well we're to be saved from all that which is not God because the command of God was this Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And yet men serve everything, just about. 
different men, different things. But it can be pretty much anything in this day and age. But there is a salvation which is in Jesus Christ. And it's interesting again that Isaiah has these words in verse 24. We just look there to verse 24. It says, Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. And this is, the, this is the message of the gospel in the New Testament. The message is, we don't have righteousness through our works. We don't have strength because of our strength and because of the things that we do. We have righteousness and strength through Jesus Christ. Uh, the, these things are written 700 years before Jesus comes. And the apostles are writing these things concerning Christ of our salvation we are to be saved. How are we to be saved? We are to be saved in Christ. One will say, in the Lord have I righteousness and strength. And every Christian who is here tonight would say, well, my salvation is in the Lord. My righteousness is of the Lord. I am clothed with a robe of righteousness given to me of the Lord. That he hath been made sin for me, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him and yet these are the words of the lord and he says in that day surely shall one say in the lord have i righteousness and strength even to him shall men come and that is certainly true in these days jeremiah in like manner in chapter 23 and verse 6 says in his days judah shall be saved and israel shall dwell safely and this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And in chapter 33, 10 chapters on, verse 16, In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Where is our righteousness? It is in Christ. It is by faith in Christ. This is our salvation. The Lord says, look unto me all the ends of the earth and be ye saved for your righteousness will be of me and not of yourselves so we see then this great salvation which is offered to us here when the lord says look unto me me if i be lifted up will draw men to me and jesus christ being lifted up on the cross like that serpent on the pole says look unto me and be saved will you look unto him and trust in him for salvation alone again in the new testament we read such verses as these but of him are ye in christ jesus who of god is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption 2 Corinthians 5.21 just quoted it in actual fact for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him now this is the salvation then which is set before us here the who look unto me I am God I am your maker I am the one who has set forth the law I am the one that you have sinned against and there is no God apart from me and what are you to be saved from well because you have made yourselves gods and you have actually literally made yourselves gods uh, and sought to be in my place and sought unto men rather than unto me 
And it was a problem here in Isaiah, of course. Uh, the, uh, it was a time when they were about to go into captivity. But they didn't look to the Lord. They looked to Egypt. They looked to the nations round about. They looked to their armies. And they thought themselves to be safe. They looked uh, to uh, different, uh, in all directions, except unto the Lord. The Lord says, look unto me. There is no other salvation. And then finally, the why. The why. And this is coming back to this same thought again. The why? For I am God and there is none else. There is none else. It's a very important message then this, isn't it? That God says to us, look unto me. Look unto me. And he seeks to be uh, forceful here in these words. Look unto me. And how do you get people to look unto the Lord when there are so many distractions, so many other gods, so many other opportunities, so many other ways which might work and might not work? When there are in this nation today so many other religions and men say, well, I don't know what the right religion is. I don't know what I should do. I don't know whether there is a God or whether there isn't a God. I don't know if the Hindu gods are true or the, or, or, or the God of Islam is true. I, I don't know which way to look. And the Lord speaks and he says this, look unto me. There is no other God. And that God came into the midst of us in Jesus Christ. Matthew 1 verse 23 Behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us there is no other God which has come into the midst of us there is no other God which has done the miracles of God there is no other God who has spoken in such a, a forceful way so that men even his enemies should say no man spake as this man there is no one like him. There is no other who has come into this world and who has taken all of the wrath of men against himself, died upon the cross, and then on the third day rose again. There is none other that we can look unto. The Lord says, look unto me. Look unto me. In fact, in Isaiah and chapter 7 is where these words come from. Isaiah and chapter 7 and verse 14 where we read behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel but the context is very interesting here because the Lord says that he is going to deliver uh, the nation at this time under the rule of Ahaz he was the king and the Lord said to him moreover verse 10 uh, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. Ask thee a sign. But he refused to ask a sign. Why? Who can tell? Because so many, even in the days of the Lord Jesus, said, Show us a sign that thou art right who doest these things show us a sign and we will believe you and the lord said i will give you no sign except the sign of the of the prophet jonas and that was of course of his resurrection on the third day god then gives a sign he says to ahaz uh, the lord himself shall give you a sign in verse 13 he said hear ye now o house of david 
Is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Now just note the words again in the authorized version. We have this help uh, to us. He said to Ahaz, ask thee, singular, a sign of the Lord thy God. Ahaz refuses the sign. And so the Lord says to the house of David, that I will give you, plural, a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. It doesn't necessarily mean the sign was coming in the days of Ahaz. Uh, many have, have uh, assumed that that's what it means. But that doesn't necessarily mean that because Ahaz refused a sign. And if he refused a sign, the Lord didn't give him a sign. But the Lord gives a sign to the house of David. And of course, the sign which comes to the house of David is that Gabriel appears to, uh, to Mary and says, you are going to conceive a son and that you will call his name Jesus for he will save his, his people from their sins. And she was the virgin. Where did it come? To the house of David. Because she was of the house of David as well as Joseph. Uh, she was of the bloodline of David as well as Joseph. And of course, Jesus wasn't of the bloodline through Joseph because she was a virgin. Nevertheless, a sign was given. And that sign is the sign which is set before us. It is a sign that Jesus Christ is the one who was to come. He is the deliverer. And so once again, why? Because there is none else. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And the Lord Jesus Christ is that salvation. So if you hear the words of this message this day and you're unsaved, there is only one God and there is only one Savior and that is Jesus Christ. Now we can go perhaps to anything else. We can go to the philosophies. We can say, oh, we don't believe that there is a God. We can go to another religion in the world, but there is no salvation apart from Jesus Christ because he is the one who comes in the form of man and the form of a servant born of a woman, born under the law, that he might bear our sins upon himself and that we might go forth. Look unto me, he says, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. All the ends of the earth. See, even, even here, Isaiah sees far more than what is just going on around him. And even though these, this word earth uh, can also mean the land, all the ends of the land, Yet, I think it is very clear because of the way the Lord speaks here uh, of, of the things which were to, to be, that it was really to all the ends of the earth, to you and to me, that we might trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, or that you might come and believe in him and begin this day to know the blessing of salvation and the joy of the Lord. The day comes, <clears throat> in verse 23, that the Lord says, Unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. And that is true. We will all bow before the presence of God. But we are able on this day to bow in the presence of God. If we do so, if we trust in him now, then salvation is our lot. If we wait until that day when he calls us to the judgment seat and we do not know him and he does not know us, uh, as a friend then we will still bow but we will then be cast out into outer darkness or that we might take this as a warning and as an invitation 
we might believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Amen.